Wombats. More fun than a room full of Wombats. Able to reach huge audiences with a single broadcast. Yes, it's the Outdoor Journal Radio Show. And now, another exciting episode in the adventures of Outdoor Journal Radio. Well, hello there. Thank you for joining us once again on Outdoor Journal Radio, the podcast, now the network. Podcast, network. Woohoo! Woohoo! I'm Angelo Vile. He is Peter Bowman. Hello, Uncle Angelo. And this is uh, uh, one of our road trip, our famous now, becoming quickly becoming famous road trip editions of the podcast. Give me a hell yeah! Apparently, yeah, they're baby. going well. The people are liking them. I like it too. That's great. Gives me something to do while I'm on the road. Get us out of the office. We'll do That's this more right. often. We can ask Monique for more time away. And this time we are definitely like long distance on the road. Oh, We're coming to you from Uncle Mark's cabin oh, tucked oh, away on, now. on a little island about 25 miles south of Kenora, Ontario on Lake of the Woods, the fabled Lake of the Woods, folks. Give me a hand for that one, please. Thank you. It's about uh, 20 hours of driving from where we live, by the oh way, just to get God. here. And then another 20, 25 miles of boat riding to get here. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. How do we trip. Do, how do we manage to do these things? Like, well, we you survive know, them? You certainly don't do it every week, bud. That's for sure, right? Oh, my God. All the crew here is with us, uh, Volva, Nikki, and, of course, Dean. Come Dean, on now. Uh, editing machine. Come on uh, producing now. Producing machine. He's got every machine. Writing machine. He's, what else did we have on this week? What else kind of machine do we he have? Was what kind of machinery? He was a machinist <laughs> of some type. He was everything. <laughs> uh, wonderful episode. We're going to talk about this extraordinary adventure called uh, Uncle Mark's. He's still um, waiting for us to call him the fishing machine, but, you know. It'll come. It'll come. It'll yeah. come. It'll, I didn't hear you, Dean. Am I hearing you? Now you can hear me. Now there I can you hear go. you. Yeah. I had myself on mute. Push yes. all the buttons mute. there on that board, Dean, to make it work, all right? Come on now. There you go. Uh, before we get to all that good stuff, we do want to remind folks that there's good things happening at fishingcanada.com, uh, notably yeah. the store. Oh, Mr. Ooh, Bowman. Really? You're liking the store, the you kid? store. Well, we were wearing our garb again today. Shop. All those beautiful hoodies and, oh my and God. hats. I just, well, here's my hat right beside me here. Nobody can see that, but I uh, can. I am going to go on the limb here. I'm going to go on the limb. Oh, boy. I say we were probably the most natally attired television fishing show crew on Lake of the Woods today. <laughs> I think that's fair. Hey, would that yeah. be fair? I think yeah. that'd be fair. With now, all of our beautiful now I gotta paraphernalia. Ask, I got to ask, what is Natalie in the Natalie attire? I have attired? no damn idea. I just heard is it, it because it always t- sounds bad almost. It's neat. Natalie Natalie, nice, neat, crisp, nice, beautiful, neat. Okay. wonderful. Okay. Can I get a verification on that, Dean? I have no idea. Okay. That's before my time. Okay. Right. It does sound like it wouldn't be nice, though. Yeah, it sounds, not it sounds good. like you'd be Natalie. wearing. No, you think thinking gnarly. I, this is yeah. Natalie. Natalie attired. That means crisp, nice. Like a woman. Um, Natalie. A woman named you, Natalie. Right? I'm not even going to go there. Like a woman. What do you mean, like a woman? A woman named Pick That's up name. your knuckles and put them in your pocket for God's sake. They're dragging all over the kitchen floor here at Mark's. Jeez. Uncle Mark's cabin. <laughs> Anyways, just want to remind folks that uh, all of this wonderful... Natalie attire. Attire. Fish in Canada and Outdoor Journal, both, by the way. 
Dean is sporting is beautiful. What is that? A moss green? No, it's gray. a charcoal gray. gray. That's a moss green. Oh my God, you're colorblind now too. That's can't, not you, gray. Not only can you not read the script, but you can't tell colors gray. either. Nick is mouthing pepper gray. Pepper gray, maybe that's what they call it, but that's not what it is. This has got a green, a hue, a, a wonderful mossy. Dean uh, earthy. jumped into that algae the other day, and his, yeah, had that's a shirt what on. it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, anyways, it's, a, it's a wonderful uh, embroidered. By the way, mm-hmm. there's ten thousand stitches in that embroidery work. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. How do you know embroidered, that? Did they tell you I know. That? Outdoor did Journal they uh, logo that? embroidered. How many in the Fish in the Canada logo? 10,002. No, 10,002. Oh, so that's we, got 10,000. That's got 10,002. We cut it off at 10,000. I couldn't afford to go any higher than that. People <laughs> won't pay more for that. <laughs> but you too can be Natalie attired. 10,000 well. uh, embroidered logos on your shirt. Stitches. Not that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cheers. Cheers, cheers, to everybody. cheers to everybody. Cheers to everybody. Cheers. All right. Okay. No drinking on the job. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So. Got to wash down that are. pickerel um, dinner. It is uh, a late, I'm going to say, I'm guessing about 9.30 p.m. where we are right now as we speak. Yeah. Nine, I would think. Yeah. We just spent uh, the last 12 hours out on the lake. Lake mm-hmm. of the Woods, that yeah. is. Yeah. And so... We uh, may be having a refreshment or two as we do this program because we didn't have time earlier to do Mm -hmm. it because we just got off the water just recently. That's right. And we wouldn't do it on the water. Therefore, now seems like a appropriate time. And they were earned, I think. They were, well. Especially today. For sure, these drinks are earned. For sure. We had a bit of a tough day. Not not just fishing, everything. Everything. We're going to talk about that, too. I don't mind talking about that, by the way. Okay. You know, we can't just tell folks when things are good. Don't have to we yell can't at me. Just, you know, we'll just go. Right. Let's just run with, the, run with it, you know? All right. Getting tired of getting shit all the time. But before we do that. <laughs> okay. Let's take a review. Shall okay. we talk about reviews? Let's take a review. Because we love reviews here. This is a real good one because it's kind of like. I have no what idea the hell what, the hell, <laughs> what the hell this man is saying. <laughs> it, it's from uh, Mur F. Murph. Murph. Oh, Murph. 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 Murph F is Murph. Why did they, why why did they space it there? What was that, Dean? I can't explain a lot of what's happening in this review. <laughs> yeah, um, is, is that the way he signed his name? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? F. Murph. It says M-U-R space F, and that's, right. Dean says it's Murph. All okay? Right. Murph. So Murph, Murph doesn't say where Murph's from, does it? No. Murph no. from Murph from Earth. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and what does Murph say, Peter? He says, okay, quote, Boom, all capitals. Boom, rice it up with an exclamation mark. Okay, now we have no boom, rice it up. I'm not just sure. We could talk about it after. Great show and entertaining, exclamation mark. Live, L-I-V, your life, both in quotes, Leafs Nation. From 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 Murph. Murph. Or Murf. Murf. Murph. <laughs> Thanks, Murph. We love you, brother. We're not what sure. Maybe is- you can write in another review and give us a good explanation. Rice it up. We got to. So we asked our staff about this because keep in mind, Dean, Dean, the uh, producer but- machine, he handpicks these out of his 45 yes. gallon drum yes. every week to, for us to read. So you would think. That no, when he, he threw, picks them, he threw this like a wrench. He threw a wrench <laughs> into the whole pie. I can watch you watch these assholes when they read this thing. They are going to be. They have no idea where this is going. So you would think, 
you know, if you pull something like that, I mean, we appreciate Murph, by the way. Don't don't think don't take this wrong, Murph. No, we this is great. But like, we got to work with this stuff on the air. You would think life. that the producer, when he reaches in, he pulls something like this. How do you just drop it back in? Like, it's <laughs> not like he's got an audience watching him draw these things live. True. Right. So you'd think he just dropped that one back, mistakenly is, um, back in the drum, and pull out another one. Is live your life, uh, Leafs Nation talk, like a saying? No. You know? no. No. No, it's not. None of this. No. <laughs> none of this is connected. I thought maybe you had that part. Like, okay. I like the great show and entertaining. There you go. Thanks, Murph. Boom. <laughs> Rice it up. <laughs> So, so our one explanation was that Gord Pizer puts rice in his tackle box, and maybe Murph Murph <laughs> can tell us if that's what it was. The, the rice it up that was a different one. And it was a Gordy Pizer reference, or was it? Uh, is it just a, a saying that Murph does? That's a good one. We love it though. We I like. It. I'm going to start I, using that. Rice it up on the Fisher Canada no. show. Yes, <laughs> when you catch a big one, nice fish, and rice it up, brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. But that's what I mean. Like, this would it's be cool. really good if we had an explanation. I think it's better that we don't. I like this. This is fun. I love you, Murph. You're the best, buddy. Anyways. Thanks, Murph. Uh, keep those uh, wonderful reviews coming, folks. We we do really appreciate them, regardless yeah, of whether we understand them. Yeah, it don't really matter. That's yeah, fun. But but this is not this is not really a review, though, is it? The, the, yeah, a great show and entertainment. Oh, he gave us five. This, yeah. And, and a comment. Have we, have we been able to break through the 4.9 or whatever it is yet? No, that one guy's still holding us up. He's, he's, the guy who loves the show, one star. That was incredible. Says, hi, guys. Wow. If you're out there, you can change your review. Thank you. You can go back, you and, can change go back and change it. So the one star guy that loved our show can change that, right? Yep. Oh. And mm. you know he's listening. Yeah, he can help us. Whoever you are, please. Go fix that error. That was obviously an error. You say, I love your show, love everything you do, been listening forever, love you. One. Like, mm. what the hell? We'll get that? Murph to give him a call. Murph will, <laughs> yeah. Murph will straighten him up. Murph will give him a good okay. boom. Race it up. <laughs> Race it up, brother. Four more stars. Come on. Race it up. <laughs> okay, then. Let's move uh, on. <laughs> Enough of that. Thank you very much. And what do they have to do to, to do this, Dean, to give us all this You wonderful? go on Apple? Yeah. You preferably subscribe to the podcast. Scroll. Preferably. You don't need yeah. to. You don't, you don't need, need to, to, but we'd but like should. that. We'd be really appreciative of it. You, know? you scroll all the way down. You hit five stars. Right. And you put a little comment with your name. And that's it. That's it. And, and that's that's all they have to do. That's all you have to do. No cost for and, the, You don't have to pay anything? Really? Nope. No. And, you, and, uh, and as we've shown tonight, you can say whatever you want. Yeah. Anything. Yeah, and we'll read it, too. Boom to, to that. Any sense. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Okie dokie then. Uh, podcast network highlights, Dean. Yeah. First of all, first of all, I have to comment. Okay. I know at the last meeting that we had, production meeting, we said we had to cut costs and stuff, right? Yeah. Just like anything else, right? You got to, to do what you got to do. And I do really appreciate what you've done now. Uh, you've taken these cost, cost cutting measures mm -hmm. by reducing the font of these uh, on these scripts so yeah. that we could fit more copy per page. Yeah, yeah. that's right. It's a wonderful and idea. In, and less ink too. And, and, and probably in the long run, less ink in the, there you go. That, no, I think yeah. that's wonderful. We You've squeeze, done you know, what could have been nine pages onto two or three here. Yeah. yeah. The only problem is we can't read it. <laughs> Can I see it, Jimmy? <laughs> what the hell happened here? What? I've never, I didn't even realize you could get type that small. 
I had to do like an update on my computer and stuff to get it. Oh, you, this was a special. Like Three you had point to, font. Special for <laughs> Holy, <laughs> that's a custom, Just uh, for custom Angelo. size. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and how? Anyways, I would like to see it a little larger next time, if, it could, if you don't mind. You can't use that saving paper page. You look at it, half the page is empty on each one. Uh, oh my god, that's hilarious! Large. Oh my uh, god. All right, um, podcast network highlights under the canopy, Mister Bowman. Yes. Have you been following Mister Wallet's? Uh, Just the first. I've only listened to the first one. How many has he got out now? Uh, by this point, seven. Oh my God. Wow. Yep. I got to catch up a lot. So this is the, uh, the outdoor journal podcast network, right? Cause I don't see that written here. I just see podcast. I know it's small print and you're, you're cutting costs. I understand that. Yeah. But just to, to clarify, I should have those extra words there. Yeah, you should. There. I'll spare the ink and please, please. And, uh, just one of the many, uh, producers, the wonderful producers, by the way, on that network, I don't know whether you've had a chance yet or not. But uh, please do yourself a favor and uh, go check out the rest of our fellow podcasters. They're all on very good. Show. Oh, yeah, my very good. God. Good. You're superstars. You and I need to pull up our socks, buddy. I, uh, I hate to tell you, I was listening to some of this stuff last week and I got I a little know. worried about you and me. I'm not worried at all. I know. Steve Nitzwicky's my competition. I am not worried at all. <laughs> there you go, big fella. Take that one. <laughs> uh, but anyways, under the canopy, uh, this uh, new um, um, feature. I could be a new feature, Dean. Yep. Right. I think once a month. Once a month, a harvest time. Yep. And what does that entail? He's going to highlight edible plants that are in right now. So but like how do you, you know right now? But, but, find them. but how do you know right now? It's podcast. We're well, timing you'll, them. You'll, you'll, you'll say it's spring or something like that, right? I would assume. Yeah. You'll, they'll wow, say, what a wonderful idea. The last one so, we put out right as you could harvest that plant. Okay. So like when fiddleheads come out in May, he'll, he'll do a fiddlehead right yep. now. Because yep. I love, have you had fiddleheads? No. Oh my God. I was actually on the last under the canopy one, the one. The Staghorn Sumac. The Sumac. And he had me try some and on how air. was it? It was great. Okay. Made a, like a, a lemonade. Okay. Oh. Yeah. All right. Very nice. Oh, he's, he's got genius, all kinds of- man. The guy's a genius. I'm telling you, he comes in into my office like every day and tries to feed me stuff. He had you eating a tree bark one oh, time I know. on air. Oh, right? On air, live. Yeah. Oh, my God. You that, was it maple water that one time? Yeah. Or some yeah, kind of- That, that was, was good. good. Yeah, it was oh, really good. Oh, my God. That was good. So he's good. That guy knows his stuff. All right. Anyways, uh, it's called Under the Canopy, and it is on the Outdoor Journal Radio, the podcast network. Just, Come on now. Thank you. One of the many uh, wonderful pieces of entertainment that are available there. The entire team. Uh, fishingcanada.com. Fishingcanada.com. Yes. What about it, Ange? New on fishingcanada.com. Yes. Uh, you mm. will find a wonderful little piece called How Wing Shooting Entered Waterfowling. Mm. Come on now. And that is by our very own uh, Dean, the machine, writing machine, Taylor. Give me a hell yeah. That'll be there a good go. one because I've uh, duck hunted my whole life and yes. hardridge hunted and a bit of pheasant. And I don't know how wing shooting entered waterfowling. To be honest with you, I don't know the story behind it, so I'm gonna to have to read that one. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Uh, 
there's got to be a story to this, how wing shooting entered waterfowl. Well, there is a story, but but more importantly, I think as a non-hunter, I would like to ask you, because you just said I've been hunting for all my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. so this implies that you cannot shoot waterfowl or any, I'm assuming any fowl, unless it's on the wing. No, no. But what if you shoot you, it on the foot? You can't. Can you do that? Sure you could. You, you can, can shoot them legally. anytime you want. You could shoot them any way you want. Okay. As long as you're in a legal area and you right. have all the legal means of firearms, a shotgun in this right. case, you know what I mean? But it's just not but sporting. It's, but it's, it's unsporting. Unsporting. Mm-hmm. And, to, and to, to be honest with you, when you're a beginner hunter, you want to shoot a couple of ducks, you're going to pop them on the water. You pop, gotta, you, them, pop them. What do you mean pop them on the water? Shoot them. Kill them. You, whatever. Not on the water. You, it's still, sure. it's it's unethical. It doesn't matter when you're a first hunter. You want to get a duck for dinner or whatever. As but I'm saying to you, as time goes on, you don't do that anymore. You say, I'm not shooting on the water. I want to make a nice shot in the air. I oh, sure I so see. You, it's sort of you grow into you it. You grow into it. Okay, yeah. And All it doesn't right. take long. After a couple of birds dead, you think, okay, you know what? Let's let's go, sort of thing. All so, right. and then like there's a to the point of is it easier like is the reason being it's easier to shoot them on the water oh of course oh, absolutely nice. they're moving slow because they're swimming and even their fastest pace of a swim swimming duck is you can't match that with their flying they can dive though can't they some of them can yeah. some of them yeah most of them can but most yeah. of them like mallards won't dive as right. a rule right so when you get to the point we, what we used to do was if we saw you know maybe a, a flock of three comes in and then all of a sudden, there's a flock of eight behind them. The three come in. We'll let them sit in the decoys. They're going to sit there, and then we would call the eight like that. And all of a sudden, and then you go get them, and then you get it, and then poosh, they go straight up when they come out of the decoys. They go straight up, and then you pop them in the air, and then you try to get as many as you can in the air. Very good. Very yeah. sophisticated. I didn't realize that's not sophisticated. That much I mean, planning goes into just like to kill ducks. Mm-hmm. It's not really sophisticated at all. Okay, you know. Now, uh, so what is the real story behind this, Dean? So, I wrote this article a while ago. A while ago? Like when you were just a child? uh, uh, Like a toddler. Mm. Before he shot ducks on the water. Yeah. Pre-duck on the water. But I was curious, because I'm not, I don't duck hunt, I think I've duck hunted maybe like less than 10 times in my life. But I turkey hunt a lot. Mm -hmm. And I always know it's unethical to shoot them in the air. Like you do not, you can't do that. Right. Because it wastes meat. Because you're going to hit the breast meat if you shoot it in the air. Because when you shoot it on the ground, you can aim for its head. So you don't waste any meat. Oh. When you shoot it in the air, you hit the breast meat. So I always wondered why with ducks, you're, sh- yeah. you're shooting it in the air because you're hitting breast meat. Of right. course. And like, of course. Uh, like, uh, I've ruined a lot of ducks by yeah. hitting them square in the breast. It's just like, oh, this is not good. Yeah. And not a lot. I shouldn't say a lot, but it does happen. So yeah. I thought I wanted to look into it, and I found in, I think it was in the 1600s. It was just like an English it was either English or Italian. Wrote no, a, wait a minute. No, a, see, here we go. Here <laughs> we go. The poor Italians are going to get dragged into another one, right? It was the English. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank An Englishman. You. Thank he, you. He wrote a book on, you know, waterfowl sportsmanship. And I think it had to do with because the shotguns they had at the time, you needed them to be in the air to shoot because by the time you could prepare the gun, it would be in the air because you'd have to spook it. Right. So they decided to make that sporting. So so now you could almost like excuse Ah, clumsy hunting and you could say that's sporting. So have you guys ever heard of the the, back in the era of market gunning? Yeah. No. You ever heard of that? No. So these guys, 
these commercial hunters, or I don't know if it was legal or not, the way they, but they were they were obtaining as many ducks as they could to sell, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're doing that, you want to keep your costs down, right? Right. The more shells you shoot, the more cost yeah, goes up, right. etc. So they get these market guns, they call them. Now I'm just doing this by what I've read, and I might All be right. wrong on this. Totally you know how we run? Uh, we'll run a 12 gauge as a normal shotgun sure. for gauge for ducks. 10 gauge is a smaller number but a bigger barrel 10 gauges a goose gun mm-hmm. these guys would be have the equivalent of a one gauge or something like that they had this giant tube, like a cannon like a, a cannon they were called uh, punt guns i think right punt guns yeah because yeah. you put the the the, the the they were such a powerful gun first off they loaded them with anything they could get nails screws this that lead whatever they could put in there and then it, what dean says a punt gun you put it against the transom of the boat because it was such a beast of a gun. They had a rope tied to it, and they'd, they'd line the ducks up on the water. Don't shoot them in the air. Now you're landing them up in the water. You go, boom, the gun flies. They'll drop. They'll fall in the water, and they pull the gun back in. They go collect up their 30 or 40 ducks in one shot or whatever they could get in one wow. shot. Wow. So that's... That hardly yeah. seems like... That's, I how ethical is that, eh? Sporty? Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> is, there, like, is there sport involved? Isn't that in- crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, I don't know. I don't get it. They, but that was just for, you know, for meat. They're meat hunters, right? So. Sustenance, my mm-hmm. friend. It's called mm-hmm. sustenance. Well, that's if they were eating them. I think they were selling them. Yeah. Oh. To be honest They with were you. market hunting. hunters. Market hunters. Market hunters. So. Right. Yeah. How the hell did we get on that? We're talking because about... Because shooting ducks in the water. Oh. Got me a, a shooting ducks in the water, like a, gotcha. a flock, a whole flock would be done in See, one shot. It. it says right there, hunting for... Right there, you had it right in that fine print. Yep. Mm-hmm. I did. I I was just... I thought I was brilliant coming up with that word, but you <laughs> had it in there already. Sustenance. I got it from you, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure, too. <laughs> okay. All right, so that's an interesting piece. You got to read... It's on fishingcanada.com. And it's called How Wing Shooting Entered Waterfowling. There you go. So we're at the hunting community, too. We're not just fishing. No, we're, no. We're everything out there, right? We're everything. We're at the outdoors. Yeah. We do it all. We don't have yeah, to right. agree with it, disagree with it. It's, just, it's the outdoors. It says they're, uh, they're grouse shooting on the ground, too. Yeah, I do that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's how I hunt them. Yeah. And that Take their be, head off. Yeah. No breast meat done there, right? Yeah. See? Save your teeth. Save your teeth on those lead pellets. As opposed to getting them up to fly first. Right? Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is considered sporting too with dogs. And oh, even with grouse. I, this all, it all comes back to the English, I think. Yeah. Yeah, damn yeah. English. Eh? Yeah. Grouse are very, once they get used to people though, you rarely get a shot at them on the ground. They're, no, yeah. they're gone in the bush. Like it's I've it's seen grouse walking along the road. You're I mean, probably, you could, well, in Northern Ontario or something like that or on a, in, I don't know. I've seen them. Right. Grouse just. Sort right, of, and you go to you go north of uh, Highway Seven ish with lots mm-hmm. of hunting population. You you won't see too many grouse. You well the odd one, but if you know what you're looking for, you hear them before you see you them. hear them before you see them. As a rule, yeah. I, I'll give you a story for a grouse hunting in, on the wing. Mm-hmm. I was me and my buddy were hunting whatever we could in Napanee. We were on this old dirt the old roads that used to grouse always go on roads. Like they get the gravel and all that stuff. So I had a grouse flew up, and I had my twenty two with me. He had a shotgun. I had my twenty two with me. And it was a nice big hillside so I could shoot like that. I took him down with a twenty two as he was flying. Oh, wow. 22 rifle, my friend. Wow. That's very impressive. Winged him. I winged him and never, then dinged him. Your cool. skills never ceased to. Thank you. It was fluke. It was 100% fluke, but I got him. So there you go. All right. So don't shoot turkey when they're flying. Shoot them on the ground, but don't shoot ducks when they're down. You shoot them when they're flying. Yeah, Seems like... 
There's an awful lot. An awful lot of sporting rules. Yeah. Uh, Also on fishingcan.com, but now on the news side of it, Uh this is a very interesting story. And I don't know whether we really know the full uh, impact this could eventually have, but uh, the story, the headline is Pacific Pink Salmon Spotted in Newfoundland Waters. Oh, my. That's correct, because there's only two ways that that could happen. Number one, somebody planted them there. Or stocked them or something Stocked them or something, which is highly unlikely, I would Very unlikely, without telling anybody. I think the Soviets. Oh, the Chinese, too. Oh, I never thought of that. All the all the people over that there. That could screw everything up. Think about yeah. it. They just go left to right, right to left, and you're... Yeah. Right. But um, an interesting story. <laughs> uh, lately, there have been sightings of pink, Pacific pink salmon. I don't think there's any other type, but um, in the vicinity of White Bay, Newfoundland, they could have... Actually, swam across the Northwest Passage. Well, it says here, pink okay. salmon are typically located in the Pacific and Arctic oceans. That's correct. So, if it's in the Arctic Ocean, they could come across. That is correct. As to where you're talking about. That is correct, my friend. Wow. Think about that. Is that That's good or migration. bad? Though? Is that good or bad? It's natural migration. It can't be I don't, bad. Right? I don't see it's bad. Yeah. I, why would it be bad? Yeah. I can't see anything bad about it. They should take uh, advantage of it. God only knows there's a lot of real estate left on the Atlantic side in the ocean because there's no Atlantics there. That's right. That's right. God only knows. I mean, that's what happens, right? The neighborhood uh, needs some input. All our Atlantics are going out to the Atlantic and then the Pacific. I think the Atlantics are migrating the other way across the Northwest Passage. They're a little slower, as we know. They're crisscrossing. They're a little slower. The Pacific uh, pinks came quickly they meet, across They meet there. about Hudson Bay area, right? That's when they're, he- they're meeting in that North Hudson Bay. It's my opinion. Don't give me the nasty letters because of that. I love all fish, including the Atlantic salmon. Oh, I'm just you? joking. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so that's what, a very good article. That's a great story. Who Do we know where that came from, that story? Uh, we didn't break it, but we, didn't? we told a good version of it. Oh. We, well, sometimes that's the best way to go. You don't it break stuff. It came from a study, actually. A study? Yeah. So were there pink salmon stocking facilities in the Atlantic? In Russia. In the past? I think. In the late 60s? Yeah, in the 60s. So they think they could be like remnants from that. But you think they'd find them more often if that was the case. If they were escapees, you wouldn't think you'd be finding like, what would this be, like the 10th generation? Well, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You think you'd be finding them before then? Well, I would think a lot of things, but. What do we know? That wouldn't be one of them, that's for sure. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Anyways, hey, uh, a great story. Go read it. What that's what I would suggest. Yeah, yeah. Take Just advantage. go read it. You're there. It's free of charge. Uh, fishingcanada.com. Uh, all that wonderful stuff. is. And if they know anything about... What are you looking at my drink for? Well, because I, I think you reached across and grabbed mine and, and left me your empty. That's why. That's my opinion. I've allowed that. Oh, my God, my God, my God. I am allowed just that. pour yourself another whiskey. Son. All right. That's all. Maybe all right. Nick will pour you one. All right. Nick's busy eating right now. We're having, by the way, the most wonderful, uh, um, you know, I, you can't call it a shore lunch because honestly it was not a shore lunch. No. 
Well, the, close to shore. The lunch. owner of this fine establishment um, offered to cook up some some uh, walleye for us here at, at the cabin. And we're now uh, in the throes of finishing that. Yeah. Yeah. He's pointing, like he's, he's doing, yeah, look at him, like, pointing like, like this. Sounds me. like it's oh, like a game what, show. Your grandpa like wants a whiskey. Oh, my God. Anyways. No, he wants it out of the lake, out of Lake in the Woods. Okay. So. Oh, my God. Poor uh, Canada. There's an adventure just outside these walls. It's something you'll hate to leave and can't wait to get back to. It's a place where memories are made and bonds are forged. For some, it's hitting the trails. For others, it's a weekend at the lake. It's a place full of campfires and quality time. This year, take some time to reconnect with friends, family, and nature. No matter what adventures await you, Coleman has the gear you need. Visit ColemanCanada.ca to gear up today. The outside is calling. Answer the call. As the world gets louder and louder, the lessons of our natural world become harder and harder to hear, but they are still available to those who know where to listen. I'm Jerry Olette, and I was honored to serve as Ontario's Minister of Natural Resources. However, my journey into the woods didn't come from politics. Rather, it came from my time in the bush and a mushroom. In 2015, I was introduced to the birch-hungry fungus known as chaga, a tree conch with centuries of medicinal use by indigenous peoples all over the globe. After nearly a decade of harvest, use, testimonials and research, my skepticism has faded to obsession and I now spend my life dedicated to improving the lives of others through natural means. But that's not what the show's about. My pursuit of this strange mushroom and my passion for the outdoors has brought me to the places and around the people that are shaped by our natural world. On Outdoor Journal Radio's Under the Canopy podcast, I'm going to take you along with me to see the places and meet the people that will help you find your outdoor passion and help you live a life close to nature and under the canopy. Find Under the Canopy now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. What brings people together more than fishing and hunting? How about food? I'm Chef Antonio Maleca, and I've spent years catering to the stars. Now, on Outdoor Journal Radio's Eatin' Wild podcast, Louise, Hooksat, and I are bringing our expertise and Rolodex to our real passion, the outdoors. Each week, we're bringing you inside the boat, tree stand, or duck blind and giving you real advice that you can use to make the most out of your fishing game. You're going to flip that duck breast over once you get a nice hard sear on that breast. You don't want to sear the actual meat. And it's not just us chatting here. If you can name a celebrity, we've probably worked with them. And I think you might be surprised who likes to hunt and fish. When Kit Harrington asks me to prepare him sashimi with his bass, I couldn't say no. Whatever Taylor Sheridan wanted, I made sure I had it. Burgers, steak, anything off the barbecue. That's a true cowboy. All Jeremy Renner wanted to have was lemon ginger shots all day. Find Eating Wild now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Now this, is the, this next one is, this is the polls. Is this a, a poll? 
No, no. fishing not pole. A pole. This is not a this pole. Is a fishing this pole. pole. This, this is, is a, this is the fan question. The fan question. I didn't see like like fan like uh, normally. I know. In yeah. bold right here. We have fan question. Today there was a printer error. Oh my He's, god! This is not just a printer error. He's all over you. Eh? This Dang. is a. Ew, ew. This is a machine issue. This is a machine issue. Yeah, man was not involved. <laughs> All right. Apparently, this is the fan question. Can I? Is there a pen? Can I get? I want to mark it down here so I can. This is the fan uh, weekly fan question. Yeah. Every can, week. Can you we be easy on Dean? He's had a hard week here, okay? He's, He's had, had a hard trip. week. What has okay. he done? He's been sitting around lying. He's been lying on the deck of the boat. He's writing your, writing your scripts for you out there. Come on. Get easy on the guy. Hey, it's the uh, fan question of the week. Comes to us uh, from uh, Mike Bragg from Alabama. Hell yeah. No way. Give me a hell yeah. Give me a hell yeah. Thanks, Mike. Wow, from Alabama. That might be a first. That is a first, I think. Thank you, Mike. Mike Bragg. That's awesome. I love it. Uh, Mike wants to know, have you ever broke a pole or lost a pole on a big one. I love that. The, the Alabama dude there, yeah. Mike, Alabama might call it a pole. Yeah. Not even a fishing <laughs> pole. pole. Not a fishing rod, the pole. I love it, yeah. Mike. That is awesome. Well, I, I broke many. Oh. I broke more carrot sticks than most guys have bought. <laughs> you broke more fishing rods than most people have ever owned. Oh, my God. I break them. I broke, I broke so many uh, through hook sets, through not too often on the fight, either a hook set or being stupid and craning a fish into the boat mm. improperly. That's uh, Craning them in is one thing, but holding them there, that's the worst thing you can do. And it says, or lost a pole on a big one. Remember that, that, that trip on the Roanoke the River? Roanoke. I, had my, I, I caught a striped bass. Blah 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 to the camera. I left my crankbait sitting just off the edge. Spinnerbait, uh, no crankbait. I, will I was watching it. It was a spinnerbait. Well, people, Andrew's I using a spinnerbait on his. No, bait. the reason that I know that I have that picture vividly because you were wrapping up. You were doing an on-camera piece with That's your correct. fish. That's correct. You left the pole hanging over the side That's of the boat right. with that white spinnerbait hang dingling, and I'm sitting at the other end saying, "My God." You just put that hang on the water. Like a striper could jump up and eat that. And it did. And right it did. before my eyes. Boom. The whole rod and reel went into the water. and it, Cork handle you it, had on that. And it had rod. a cork handle. And we said, hey, that floats. Let's go f- look for it. And it was in a bush about, oh, about 100 so yards funny. down the river. We got the rod, the reel back, and the cranking spinnerbait back. And uh, there was no, no striper. Crank and no there striper. was a spinnerbait. And no striper. And no striper bad. How the hell did that happen? He hit it hard enough to drag it into the water, right. but didn't set the hook on right. himself, obviously, right? Right. And I, and, and nice. another story is uh, Len Perdick and I were shooting in Woodstock, and they have a little pond there for carp. And Lenny brought out this brand new Stella reel on a, on a carp rod. So it was about a $1,200, $1,500 outfit. And sure as hell, a uh, carp took it and ran and took it straight into the pond. And, and he was freaking out, you know, because it was no buzzers. We were using floats or whatever. So I, I bet you four to five hours later, we caught a fish, brought it in, and it had the pole stuck. We caught we caught the line and got that rod and reel and the carp back. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> he was a happy boy after that. So No kidding. <laughs> so it's uh, happening a lot. But as far as breaking poles, yeah, we've probably broke as many mm. as your next feller. Oh, yeah. One of the problems we have... 
I think, and probably a lot of people have, is that we we tend to take care of our rods when they're off the boat. You know, yep. they're put in a sleeve and they're put on a rack and, you know, environmentally friendly room temperatures and all that wonderful stuff. And then come the weekend or when we're going fishing, we grab all those wonderful rods and unsheath them and, you know, put them on a deck of a boat. And then we go 70 miles per hour down a lake, banging and crashing. And those rods get all mangled up, but you don't see this, the cracks and dings you put in them, but they manifest themselves later on a week later, a day later, an hour later, when you go set a hook on a fish and that stress crack that developed from getting beat up on the deck of that boat, all of a sudden uh, turn into a broken rod. And I think a lot of, good manufactured rods get blamed for uh, uh, poor workmanship when in fact it's us, the anglers that abuse yeah, them. I don't be. care. Nine times. I used to have a retail store, as you know, years ago. And uh, I always found it kind of humorous when people would come in with broken rods. There's stories that they would give you. And I'm not making this stuff up. Okay. I can't make this stuff up. This guy brought in a rod one time, a very expensive rod, albeit. All right. And uh, he was very upset. He came in and started, I paid $100 for this rod, and it's a piece of shit. What's the matter, sir? Well, what's the matter? It broke. Went to set the hook, and it broke. And as he's saying that, I'm looking at it, and it was a a foam handle. It had tire tracks on the foam handle. (laughs) You you didn't even have the decency to wipe off the dirt from the tire tracks on the... So anyway, I'm just saying, you know, we are probably to blame for, I don't know, 99% of the broken rods because we just don't take care of them, yeah. plain and simple. Yeah. You know, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we crank those drags down to zero nowadays with braid and set the hook. Well, things are going to explode when you do that. Yeah, you know? something's got to give. Yeah. These aren't ugly stick. The old ugly stick never did that. They still make that, right? Hulk Hogan couldn't they, break it. Hulk Hogan couldn't break it. Do you That's remember? Right. Yeah. They That's still true. make that? I think they do. Honest to God, I think they do. Worst fishing rod of all time, but it would last you forever. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, we've broken a lot. Not suffice to say. Oh, yeah. Now, Peter. Yes. We're going to, before we talk about uh, this wonderful experience that we're on right now. By the way, thank you very much uh, to, who who was that from? Mike Bragg. Mike Bragg from Alabama. Yeah. I like that. I would like to see more people from, I'd like to hear more of my Alabamian brothers. (laughs) Alabamian, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. That's Uh, it. Did you know, Peter, that your favorite species of sport fish could be, and now can be, will be at risk? Did you know that? I knew that. All right. What is your favorite uh, species, by the way, dude? The, the bass with the biggest mouth. The bass with the biggest mouth. Well, that's my favorite. Ashigan the Grand Bouche. Ashigan Grand Bouche. I know for what? a fact they love to live in green areas. Uh, I don't catch them in that anymore. I oh, you give up? Oh, where do you get them now? I don't like the weeds on my hooks. Oh, so I get them out in the deeper water. Oh, you go to open mud. water now. I like for when they're <laughs> Like when they go with the mud. <laughs> No, I uh, absolutely my favorite. Uh, obviously, my mm. favorite. One of my favorites is weeds. Weeds, wood, and rock. And weeds are the probably the key component of it all, right? 
Absolutely. You know? They live, they, they frolic. Largemouth frolic in weeds. I think they're lazy. I think they, they just frolic. Like, they like I've to seen them. I've weeds. witnessed this. Have you? Yes. Largemouth frolication in weeds. Fornication? <laughs> no. No, they do that in open areas. They don't oh, use weeds for that. Oh, yes. They're no. philanthropists or whatever you call it. <laughs> uh, grass carp, you see, which is one of the four species of Asian carp, have the potential to outcompete native species for resources like green green places where northern pike hang out, bass hang out, perch hang out, walleye. Hell, every fish, freshwater fish, at one point in its life cycle, hangs out in vegetation. You're right. I agree with that 100%. Right. And the problem with these big, ugly old grass carp is they eat 40% of their body weight. And they mm, weigh up mm, to mm, 50, 60, 70, 80 pounds. So that's a lot of grass, a lot of weeds, a lot of uh, vegetation that can be eaten by these th- ugly things. Now, since uh, we now know that they are, there has been uh, DNA evidence plus actual bodies found. I hate using yeah. the word bodies, but that's just the way it is. Uh, of uh, There's evidence that these grass carp now are in the Great Lakes. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. So what we need to do as anglers, we need to be a little more proactive, and we need to make sure that we know everything about this carp. We need to let the bodies hit the floor of the boat, right? Oh, well, if you could. But I'm wondering, could you even catch them on a hook and line? No, you'd probably incidentally snag them, I would think. It'd be the only way you'd get them, I would I would guess. Because they eat vegetation. Maybe fly anglers could get them, maybe. maybe? Yeah. If it was a little bit tiny pattern or something. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, if you go to uh, AsianCarp.ca and, and check out the site and learn to identify these creatures, if you ever encounter one, by it. Uh, an accidental snag or wherever you see it is swimming around in the, and you net it or whatever it is, you know, it's an invasive species. You'll know what it is by uh, learning more about it at asiancarp.ca. And we will try and beat this scourge. It's here. It's Come here. On now. There you go. Beasts. All right. Uh, so this episode. Yes. Says, we are coming Speaking to Speaking of invasive species, coming there's a to bunch you, of them right oh. out here, right out here. Well, a ton of let's them. talk about that one for a moment. We'll, we'll talk about that in a bit if you want. But no, I, I would like to talk about it now because it's a perfect tie-in. Yes, it is. I so, thought you were going to use that. I thought so I was waiting for you to do that. I wanted to, but I'm tired. Okay. My brain's not functioning okay. as it should. But it would have been a, a really good one. Had you given me the heads up, I would have probably jumped all over that. I wanted to predict you again. Well... We found on the way up here, uh, we had a conversation with our good friend, the doc, Gord Pizer. Um, and he said, and we told him where we were headed. He said, well, he says, uh, hmm, you know, about uh, about the uh, invasive species crayfish in that lake, Lake of the Woods. And we said, no, do tell. And he told us all about this. Uh, what is it? Red- rusty crayfish. Rusty. 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 Because it's got red, rusty looking stuff on mm-hmm. its back. Yeah. It's aptly named. A very aptly named. Um, he said, yeah, he says, they're, it's just they're overtaking the, the lake. And he also said there should be a commercial harvest. And in fact, uh, we, I heard that again tonight. That's correct, yeah. Right? That there There's should limits be here. There's limits, et cetera, et cetera, on this invasive species. And there are a lot of them here, folks. <gasps> Not only did we camera oh, them and we dropped God. the camera down to shoot the video of them, we caught them. On baits. Ned rigs. 
Oh my God, they were just catching crayfish in twenty feet no of water. Idea. Twenty to thirty feet of water, we're bringing them up, and there's a lot. And they're not giants, right? They're just the. Well, I don't know that. I mean, they're good sized crayfish. They're not those little baby ones in the stream, that's for sure. Yeah, so they're good sized crays. So have you seen bigger? Oh yeah, you've seen bigger crayfish. Oh God, yeah. Where yeah, than what we than what we caught in the boat? Oh, I don't know. As a kid, for sure. It's lobster. You're talking Dude, about uh, red lobster. No, no, you went. No, 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 no. That's not a crayfish. No, no, no. Perhaps you're wrong. Right. Biggies. I've never seen that. Biggies. That, but. But you got to get out there, kid. You know, well, you I don't get, get out there. very often. I you know. know. It's a you know. Very sheltered life. Lift, creek. Up, lift up a few rocks here and there and, and give her. Oh, I used to be down at the Osher Creek lifting up rocks. Let See, me tell you. See, those creek crayfish, are, they aren't the big ones, though. Oh. They aren't the big ones. A creek only, not yeah. a creek. Uh, oh. I call it a creek. It's Can a creek. You don't like no, that or a creek? A, a creek's bigger. Is a creek bigger? Yeah. Bigger oh. than a creek? Yeah. I did. I thought they were the same thing. No, it goes stream, creek, creek. Holy. River. River. Uh, Lake. Lake. Wow. wow. Look at it. We learned something new today. Very impressed. Okay. I have no more Thanks paperwork in front of me. I, I I feel naked right now. Yeah. Normally I have a whole thing. A whole and thing. I'm, and I'm Well, you're walking around naked. You're showing your whole thing. I know. Don't be doing that. <laughs> Thank you. Whoa. That was quick, eh? <laughs> yeah. Do you have, like, do you have, uh, do you, you don't have any names on those buttons. I don't write them. I have them in my head. You know, like green is that green is give me a hell yeah. Okay, give me a hell yeah. All right, purple bo- left bottom. Oh my! Oh my! Wow! Like hey, why wouldn't you put little good. stickers on? He them, doesn't huh? need to. What does he need to? Right. Okay. Yeah, waste of ink. He's not wasting paper anymore. He's not wasting- so good. Here we are, at Lake of the Woods, at Uncle Mark's cabin. Outpost. Outpost cabin. They call it. Oh, post cabin. How's that? Yeah. And, uh, oh my God, what a pleasant surprise this place was. It I mean, was, we knew yeah. it was going to be kind of uh, upper shelf. We we saw some images and uh, Jay, one of the owners, one of the partners, Jay Siemens, he told us about it, but no idea. It was way undersold to us because it is spectacular. I mean, beyond words. I got to tell you, if you get a chance, uh, we're not going to make a pitch for this place right now, but uh, I will tell you if, you, if you ever get a chance to come here and experience it, do so. Don't lose the opportunity because it is a small place. I'm sure that they will have uh, a year or two waiting lists. I'm sure of it. So um, oh. if, if you get a chance, get her none. Yeah, yeah, we we've been to a lot of outposts, uh, lodges, and outpost cabins. And an outpost cabin is basically not a lodge; it's a cabin out in the in the boonies or wherever it is. They either fly you in, or in this case, we have you boat to it. And uh, it's a twenty mile boat ride from uh, Kenora, Ontario. And you you basically you live on your own. There's nobody here to take care of you. So you bring your food in and all that, but. But but essentially, this is like the best cottage you've ever been into in your life. Oh. Like it really is. And this is out in the middle of nowhere. They got solar power, they got generator power, and they got a battery backup on top of that. You always have 110 volts at any given time. They got air conditioning. They have an incinerating toilet in here. They had the outhouse here before. Now they get an incinerating toilet, which means it burns your poop. Incinerator. It, it's it's no called water the involved. No water no involved. No water involved. It's, it's a, an insane concept, but it works very well. 
Um, what else they got here? Ants, they got everything. They got microwave in here, fridge, stove. Uh, smart TV. Smart TV. We were TV. watching Baywatch. We, we were watching Baywatch the other morning. Nick and Wova were very impressed with that show. The most impressive thing is that air conditioner. The, the air conditioner. Yeah, and those chairs over and there. Those, those chairs, electric chairs, chairs, chairs. That you can plug your USB into like Wova's over there right now. And it's got a drink holder in it. Uh, it's got everything here. This place has got everything. That's Big loft beautiful. upstairs for uh, I think there's five beds upstairs, yeah. uh, one bedroom, a double downstairs, or a big bedroom uh, downstairs, and a pillow couch too. It's a, it's fantastic. If you ever get a chance, look it up. It's called Uncle Mark's Outpost Cabin, and it is spectacular. But anyways, uh, uh, we don't want to oversell it. It is what it is. But mm-hmm. the fishing out here on Lake of the Woods, that's what we want to talk about. Yeah. The species. One of the uh, issues that was brought up with us prior to us coming here is that uh, maybe the lake itself is going through a transition. Mm-hmm. Maybe, right? That's mm-hmm. what we heard. Yeah. Um, because there have been fairly, I would not, not fairly, that's probably not, very liberal keep limits catch and keep limits on this lake forever on walleye on walleye in particular i don't think i mean what else would you would you really apply nobody nobody even fishes for perch up here and and the perch are the size of of, of eagles bald eagles giants eagles couldn't fly off the water they're so big they couldn't they grab them they'd be bog them down honest to god (laughs) never seen bigger perch in my life these are beauties here man they make our jumbos look like shrimps right but but walleye, uh, it, it is it is um, a very liberal limit, and I think in terms of their slot, not it's not a slot limit, but in terms of their their, their minimum length requirements versus I, I just I don't like any of it to be honest with you. And as we found out this week here, that there are a ton. Of walleye, I mean a ton of walleye, but but I dare say hard to find what we would consider a big walleye. Mm-hmm. Would that be fair? Oh, absolutely. And on this on this trip for us, but as we've talked to Pizer many times, and Jay said today, this is his best year for big walleye on this lake. He but said, what is a big walleye? What is a big walleye in this lake? Uh, I gotta I expect these guys to be talking about four or five, six pounders and up or something. I would think, right? That's, but, but that's not really a big walleye. That's a big walleye in Northern Ontario. Are you kidding me? Well, we're going to be going someplace, uh, leaving for someplace for tomorrow. That that, right. that big walleye are much bigger than that. Well, how many are bigger than that? How many are bigger than six pounds up there? What do you expect to catch? How many will you expect to catch you'll, over you'll, six? You'll, 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 how many over six? Yeah. I think if we don't make contact with, I don't know, 10 over six. Oh my God. I can't, I'm not sleeping from here on. I can't sleep now tonight. I will not be sleeping. <laughs> All right. Well, that's your opinion. Wait. You're entitled to no, that. No, I'm saying. I'm not going to. Take okay. That away from okay. You. How many of those lakes so have you been on in your you life? Got, How many you know, of those lakes in Northern opinion. Ontario have you been yeah. on that are, can produce those kind of fish? How many? Two, lakes? maybe three. Hawk Lake. Four. Okay, keep going. Black Sewell. Really? 
can produce that kind of... A lot, a lot of small fish in Laxul. Tons. Tons. You catch a lot of tons. You get some good ones, but... you get some good ones. Not... Absolutely. Not on every trip, but on most trips, you'll... Laxul will produce some good fish. And just talking about Esnagi Lake, by the way. Esnagi and uh, out of White River. So, it's a fantastic... It is a trophy lake. Fantastic trophy. And, you know, Hawk Lake is another one that comes to mind. There's there's a few Mm -hmm. where... I'm not saying anything, I don't want to say anything disparaging about this fishery because it's fantastic. Oh, my God. I mean, it's fantastic. He sat on a school of 30 walleye at the end oh, of the day and started catching shoreline fish. Boom, 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 boom. You know, so unreal. But I'm just suggesting that, you know, maybe maybe they need to rethink the the size limits. and Absolutely. Maybe, maybe the, I agree. The, the creel size. I mean, I don't know. Just seems like it's time for this lake to go through. Every so other least, lake has done it. You know, this is one that's kind of they have they have to do that. Still and stuck ha- in their. It has to be a lake by lake process too. Sure, it does. can't be. The a border provincial. probably doesn't help though, eh? The border and also the sheer size of Lake of the yeah. Woods. This is what, what would we say the other day? This is the fifth largest. Yeah. Freshwater outside of the Great Lakes. Oh. Uh, or including, That's including the Great Lakes, yeah. Fifth largest. Oh, it's massive. It's massive. So I'm not suggesting that there should even be one particular um, creel, or forget creel, just a, a slot uh, size for this. Like there could be 10, there could be 20. It's so big. It's, mm-hmm. it's massive. Mm-hmm. But something needs to be done, I really think. And I agree. With the dock on this one. Yeah, yeah. I, I think too. something needs to be done. Uh, far too many people, too, are looking at this lake. Uh, and it's not the only one, but this one comes to mind now because we're here. Uh, you go out and you get your limit every time out. Take your limit off the water every time that you go out. Even if that limit is within a slot size. But this is one lake probably where that should not apply. You know what right? I wonder? Because they get... A- probably two months more of ice than we do. Yes. And people in the ice take everything. Oh like my God. Ice ice carnage. Carnage. Yeah. And it's weird because people who like, they won't be like that in the summer. They turn to a limit every time I go out type of person in the winter. Yeah. You know what? Well, that's, you might be well, that's, a, that. that's a good point. And I, and you, you, you love ice. Fishing. I love it. Yeah. yeah. If there was ever a, a meat fishery, to me, in my opinion, mm. that would be during the ice period. Yeah. That to me would be the time where you go out and you get those limits that you're mm. allowed to get and you take them home and you, you do whatever it is you do with them. Mm. But in the summertime on open water, that's where we need to make those big changes. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm not saying that, that ice fishing is not sporting, but it's not as sporting. It's hard to release fish. Well, almost impossible. Yeah. I, I don't care what people say. It's almost impossible. The minute that that fish is brought up into the air, mm-hmm. things freeze. Yeah. They don't down mm-hmm. there, but they do up here. Mm-hmm. So I don't think the release, successful release rates uh, through the ice are anywhere near the open ice period. No, definitely not. Mm, that's no. interesting. Never thought Nowhere that. near. Never thought so if that. you are going out, ice fishing as a recreational sport and not necessarily harvesting, you're probably doing more damage than you think. Yeah. Especially on big fish. Mm. 
Somebody was telling me the other day, I can't remember who it was, that they pulled a 40-inch northern pike through the ice, through an 8-inch hole. Wow. That's just how you squeeze. Like, I can't even imagine. First of all, first of all, you'd have to somehow get your hands down there to pull, because that, the chances of that fish coming straight up through that hole are, are, they gotta be pretty slim, Mm. right? It's kind of rustling around down there and an eight inch hole, it's gotta be pointing straight up, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that means you got to get your hands in there. You got to get your hands in there and start mucking around with that fish. And then he comes up and, and by the way, this fish was released. Um, and then he comes up and, and you're going to pull him out and you got to take a picture of him, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And then you're going to turn him down. And I don't know. Yeah. No, I true. don't know, but that's me. That's just me. Don't, don't get pissed off at me for all you ice fishermen out there. Think, oh, there he goes. Poo-pooing fishing. He's anti-fishing. I'm not anti-fishing at all. Uh, I'm just giving you my opinion. I pulled a, uh, uh, when I was fishing Quinty as a young, really young lad, I pulled a, about a 12 to 13 pound sheephead through an an eight inch hole. You want to talk about a squeeze. Oh my God. How the hell did you get that I can't remember. I think I had a boga grip or something like that. And I had to help pull him up like that. I think that's the way I did it because it was, it was next to impossible. And then I had to push him back down through. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Honest to God. I released him just like you're talking about. Did he make it or not? I have no idea, but squeezing that thing through is like. Your responsibility. You're you're not one of I did my part to it. Hey, he bit my walleye jig. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, boy, I'll tell you what, there's a thick fish right there. Oh, a 12 pound sheepy. Good God. All oh, right. Boy. All right. We, we talked about uh, all this, uh, all the beautiful, wonderful amenities here. Did we talk about the incinerator? Can we talk I about that? I mentioned. Yeah, it. but can we get a little more in depth about it? Let's just say Angelo's new nickname or nickname is <laughs> the incinerator. We call him the incinerator now because he enjoyed the item he's about to talk about right now of so much. All right. Like I think he spent half the week in there. To be honest, <laughs> one with of you. my pet peeves. I love being in the outback. The I incinerator. Love the, I love this whole concept of going where no one has gone before and and that whole i've done it all my life but i'm not a big fan of the outhouse you're you're not a fan of going where every man's gone before is what (laughs) you're trying to say i'd rather go over a stump in the woods to be honest with you than to timber shit yeah call a spade a spade that's right you know i i'm not a big fan of the outhouse they're, I'm just not. I don't think anybody's a fan. Conceptually, you got to get that out of you. Get conceptually, the, you gotta it's just get that not demon right. out of your system. So you do it. So you can imagine the excitement. The excitement. The the. I was delirious when I heard that this place had something called the incinerator. And no, what it's an is incinerating, that? Cinderella incinerating toilet. You're the incinerator, okay? Incinerator. Let's not get this wrong here. So you do your business in this little area. It's like a toilet. It looks like it's not. I would have shaped it the same as a toilet myself. To be honest with you, it's it's, it's a little too bulky and square for me, but but that's okay. It needs I, a little room down there to it, do its it, job. Yes, I would have done that. I would have designed it so that it looks exactly like the beautiful porcelain that we all know and love. And I would have put a little more depth to it. 
because it's a little shallow for my liking. Not that I uh, uh, I can honestly say that it never caused a problem. The shallow right. is it's a it's a mindset. You look at it and say, well, that's not very deep. I mean, what happens if I you <laughs> if know, you what if you what <laughs> you know <laughs> you know what you know what look very deep to me. But like how you know big what? are your turds? That's what I'm actually trying to ask here. <laughs> you know, Good the, God, the man! The point <laughs> being Jeez. is that nobody like at no time was there any contact made. <laughs> okay. Uh, no time. The old ball sack didn't get touched up no, or anything. No, no. God, you're good. So it worked. This is a great conversation. <laughs> but the fact, the fact, <laughs> the fact is, yes, that at that point, once you have released, okay, and you once you've exercised the demon, <laughs> exactly. Okay, you push a button, and it's gone forever. It is gone. It is incinerated. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking disappeared. I'm not talking whooshed in by water into a, a you know, uh, some kind of a Septic tank. System, yeah. We're not talking about that. We're talking about total incineration. That to me is nothing short, you know, and it, it's how ironic, you know, that we are talking about this at a time when another nation now has made it to the moon as we all know, in the last That's week correct. or so. Yeah. Which, you know, it's okay, but, but it's not like we haven't been there before. You know what I mean? There's no mm-hmm. breakthrough there. But we're talking total incineration <laughs> Think here about, they in might, the middle of nowhere. They might have those in those spaceships because they need something I doubt like it. that. I doubt it. What, are they going to just dump her out there they and let her float around yeah, in gravity? Gotcha. Of course they do. Of course they Who's going to... Oh, the neighbors no, are going to complain? But it's, it would be... Uh, anyways, it would leave some residue in the hatch, wouldn't it, and stuff? They let her go. Who's going to... Who's going to? Honestly, you're asking me this. <laughs> this I mean, we're talking the incinerator. <laughs> I'm talking to the incinerator. <laughs> Let's get it straight, for Christ's sakes. Anyways, I don't want to belabor the point. But No, God, no. We haven't ever, talked about that very much. So. <laughs> if you ever get an opportunity to experience this use the paper use the bag that they give you though we heard bad oh, stories about to, this oh we did too yeah, that would be so pretty disgusting there's a little baggie that you got to put in there to do your job in and it helps yeah. hold it to drop it down into the incineration exactly. process so exactly so uh don't use Anyways, the baggie i just thought that was rather cool oh it's, it's, it's an amazing my life forever i know psychologically though i will tell everybody the first uh, doo-doo you sit down there and your first time in there you really are hesitant well, because you think there's going to be contact well no you don't no. you just don't think it's right it just and doesn't seem the right way, there's no water there you know it's, it's it's wrong it's by the way pooping in a bag we haven't even talked about to me my opinion the greatest part of this invention there is no residual odor. I was going to say that. Yeah, you were. Yeah. Yeah. No more matches. No. Yeah, no more matches. No more for matches. Mm-hmm. One of the things we do here uh, with the Fishing Canada crew when we're on the road, it's it's. Oh, I, I, I'll use the term frowned upon, but I think that's much too mild. Uh, you don't go into the bathroom and not light a match or two after you're done, so that your fellow crew member doesn't have to go in and you know, be exposed to this odors that you leave behind. Well, this, the incinerator for, I don't know how I'm not even, I don't even care. I'm not even going to ask them how they eliminate odor completely. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That my friends is worth the price of admission. It's got a little exhaust fan there. 
Right under your butt. There you Cheers. go, Orange. Cheers to the I think you need to get one of those for your house. You think? I think we should have one at the office. At the office. Mm. Look at that. My God. There you go. Anyways, uh, highly recommended. It is called um, Uncle Mark's. Huh? Cinderella. The toilet. You said highly recommend it. As soon as you talk about the toilet, we thought you were saying highly recommend that toilet. Highly recommend everybody. Get this toilet. We interrupt this program to bring you the much anticipated bonus code for the latest Fishing Canada giveaways. This week's code is BACON. That is all caps, B-A-C-O-N, BACON. Just type that in the bonus code section of the contest and receive 100 free entries towards all our current giveaways. For those of you who aren't entered, what are you waiting for? Head over to FishingCanada.com while you listen to the rest of this episode, click contests, and sign up for all the latest Fishing Canada giveaways. And now, back to the episode. How did a small town sheet metal mechanic come to build one of Canada's most iconic fishing lodges? I'm your host, Steve Nidswicki, and you'll find out about that and a whole lot more on the Outdoor Journal Radio Network's newest podcast, Diaries of a Lodge Owner. But this podcast will be more than that. Every week on Diaries of a Lodge Owner, I'm going to introduce you to a ton of great people, share their stories of our trials, tribulations, and inspirations. Learn and have plenty of laughs along the way. Meanwhile, we're sitting there bobbing along trying to figure out how to catch a bass. And we both decided one day we were going to be on television doing a fishing show. My hands get sore a little bit when I'm reeling in all those bass in the summertime, but that's might be for more fishing than it was punching. You so confidently you said, hey, Pat, have you ever eaten a drum? Find Diaries of a Lodge Owner now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. As the world gets louder and louder, the lessons of our natural world become harder and harder to hear, but they are still available to those who know where to listen. I'm Jerry Olette, and I was honored to serve as Ontario's Minister of Natural Resources. However, my journey into the woods didn't come from politics. Rather, it came from my time in the bush and a mushroom. In 2015, I was introduced to the birch-hungry fungus known as chaga, a tree conch, with centuries of medicinal use by indigenous peoples all over the globe. After nearly a decade of harvest, use, testimonials and research, my skepticism has faded to obsession and I now spend my life dedicated to improving the lives of others through natural means. But that's not what the show's about. My pursuit of this strange mushroom and my passion for the outdoors has brought me to the places and around the people that are shaped by our natural world. On Outdoor Journal Radio's Under the Canopy podcast, I'm going to take you along with me to see the places and meet the people that will help you find your outdoor passion and help you live a life close to nature and under the canopy. Find Under the Canopy now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. What did we catch this week, by the way? We caught walleye, jumbo perch, northern pike, 
smallmouth bass, sauger, sauger, um, no muskie, crawdaddy, no muskie, crawdads, crawdads. Uh, was there any panfish other than perch? No, no, that was it for us. However, but. suffice to say that this body of water, Lake of the Woods, has, from what I'm told, don't know for sure, but I have to. Yeah, it comes from very reliable sources, has 47 different species mm -hmm. of, of freshwater fish, yeah. Yeah. more than any other jurisdiction, mm -hmm. water-wise. Are, uh, are there carp in this water? No, couldn't be up here this far north, are they? Southern portions of it. This lake is massive. I don't even no. know. Do, you, uh, do we know how many miles it is from north to south? No, I have no idea. Well, we we came twenty miles. I don't think we're, and we haven't even, we're not even out of the main bay. Yeah, the North so, Bay. Yeah. So I'm gonna say it's a hundred plus miles to the south. Yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be a hundred plus. Yeah. If you look at a map, we're we're it's like huge, right at the man. very top of it. It still. is huge. So I would imagine that there probably are carp. You know what I was impressed with more uh, a lot too was uh, this lake proved it is the. The advancement of elect electronics. So when we're in the north end here, there's it's just island upon island and oh. nasty looking water and all that stuff. And we threw the Garmin on as soon as we got at, at Kenora and said, "Okay, we gotta, we gotta." Uh, Jay gave us a waypoint to the Uncle Mark's outpost here, and we punched it in, put a gui guidance, and it wrote us a route. And we thought, "Okay, well, let's go." And we tried it, and then we threw it the whole week. We've been hitting waypoints that were given to us and, and different routes and all that, and and everyone we took. The Garmin gave us a, a safe routing. You know, we, we could rely. And Andrew's to the point of rely or trust your equipment, trust he said. Your trust your equipment. I'd be equipment. worried about it because it was showing some warnings and hazards and that. Trust not your once. We did not ding anything once. We didn't even come close. Do you think it would be possible to be utilizing this lake without the aid of electronics? What, what do you mean? Uh, We'd have, we would have not fished anywhere near, near the amount of water exactly. that we did. No, Nor, I we, would, we would have we fished around here. here. We wouldn't have come here. No, somebody would have had to guide us out. Guide you us follow down. somebody in their trail of bubbles and, and yeah. So the way it works, if you're coming into this place on your own, which you can, by the way, uh, you're given a GPS coordinates of where the cabin is. And you punch that into your unit and boof. You appear. If you want to be guided, then you can meet a guide in Kenora or... I think they'll pick the other you up one. at the boat launch. Oh, um, North something. North, north Channel or North, north, north Passage? Or northwest Passage or whatever something they call like it. That. Yeah. Yeah. No, Northwest Passage. That's where the Atlantic salmon are stuck. Oh, yeah. That's the <laughs> yeah, Northwest right, Passage. Right, right. Don't, don't it's confuse north something. folks. something. I can't remember. North Channel or something. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, they you, you can either uh, be uh, escorted by a guide who will come here and bring you here, and he will stay here on the property with you as well if you want to use his services, his or her services throughout the whole week. Um, but but I make this point because without the electronics, like our garments on our boat, we wouldn't be able to access places God like no. this. No way. Impossible. You drive around and use your eyeball, and, you're, and you're, you crawl until you found your first path, then you say, okay, we can use that path coming home. Got to remember it because you don't have a GPS, so you know what I mean? So, yeah, the Garmin uses Navionics charts, and they were they were bang on. I couldn't believe it. They were bang on. So it was very – gives you a lot of ease. And then when you do that once, you leave a trail behind, and then all you do is follow your trails, and you're, you're you know, no problem. So – 
Now we said about an hour ago that uh, we were enjoying um, this moment, having a little drink, etc., because we had an extremely rough day. Yeah, yeah. And we said we were going to tell you about that. Am I keeping you up, Mr. Roman? Well, I'm going to either have another whiskey or go to bed. How uh, do you think? Um, and uh, we had a rough day because we, we, uh, we, first of all, the weather was kind of horrendous. Up today. and down everywhere. Weird. Let's talk about that weather for just weird, a moment. Weird, weird. So yesterday, oh, it was so bloody hot. And it was not a breath of wind, by the way. Nasty. Like, Flat, dead ass, flat, calm, flat ass cam, flat ass cam water on uh, which Lake of the Woods is not known for, but it was just so bloody hot that we actually, and we don't do this. I I can't remember any other time we've ever done this. We actually came in off the water midday so that we could have a cold shower, not because, together, individually, because some of the cast members were. Uh, Stanking. <laughs> I was going to say something, but stanking would be good. So it was that cold. Today. It was that hot. It was that hot. Yeah. Today, the opposite. Totally 100%. First of all, the winds were howling. Oh, out of the north. Howling out of the north. Uh, I was way under prepared in terms of layers. I had, meaning I had none. And so I was cold all day long. Not everybody was, I mean, some folks here had their hoodies and stuff, but, mm-hmm. um, and then, so massive waves, et cetera. And then to boot it off. So we were fighting that all day, but then, uh, to top that off, we had a, uh, technical glitch, shall we say in our, um, controls on the boat. Correct. Which put us dead in the water in the middle of uh, four-foot swells, and we lost all power. Everything just shut down. And thank goodness, uh, Jay Siemens came and rescued us today. I want to thank Jay again for that. Jay is the proprietor of this wonderful establishment. And thank God he had uh, his GPS unit, his Garmin on this boat, too, to find us, mm-hmm. let alone anything else. So, yeah, we had a little bit of a rough day today. But it ended well. We got the boat going. We finally we got the finally boat got going the again. Boat going. We, we were getting towed. We got her started up during the tow, which was very cool, very lucky for us, because we thought we had the cowling off. We had to pull in behind an island with the electric motor and pull the cowling off and checking fuses. And we were going crazy, you know, waiting for Jay to come and get us. So it was, uh, it was touch and go. And then we coming still across that don't open know water, what, what the problem is. The problem is still there. I right. I know it's still there because it's the boat stalled on us two more times on the way back, but we uh, somehow it didn't die on us completely. So have we ruled out operator error completely? We completely well, taken that off the books, sir. Yeah, I say yes, but I know how you'd have to be skeptical on it for sure. I say yes. I say only because the operator, when I was talking to him, he completely <laughs> took his hand off the throttle. <laughs> And and at the at a, at a moment when zero hand on the throttle, right. it uh, the boat still well. That's when the first malfunction happened. So, anyways, it was a very trying day, and hopefully tomorrow morning we will wake up. The sun will be shining once again, and uh, we will load up the boat and have no mechanical errors whatsoever. Hopefully, the next podcast will not be from here. 
or else we got stuck. Then we got That's stuck. We got yeah. stuck. Yeah. Right. Our intention, in, in case you're listening, our <laughs> intention is to move from here to Asnagi Lake, Lodge, the legendary, the fabled Lodge 88. Ice maker's working again. Oh, it's good. Oh, there's an ice maker here too, by the way. Oh, everybody. yeah. We forget to mention the ice yeah. maker. Yeah. A little what bit a, of everything. What a place. Unbelievable. I, I'm going to miss it. Mm-hmm. I'd love to live here. Oh, this would be the, this would be it right here for me. My retirement right here. Oh my god! Nobody else around. Get up in the morning, go out to that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll be coming to you. Next uh, episode should be if all goes well and we get out of here, we should be coming to you from Esnagi Lake, the fabled, the legendary Lodge Eighty Eight. Uh, Dave McLaughlin, the owner there, is waiting for us. Oh. Give me a hell yeah! That yeah. is that is a hell yeah, that place too. And yep. uh, we will uh, let you know how we make out there. In the meantime, folks, I think we've just about done it. I Again. Think. Did we miss anything, Dean? No, we didn't miss anything. We've got everything covered. All the sponsors are covered, yeah. uh, you know, all that good stuff like uh, that. The store, the Fishing Canada store. Fishing Canada store. Because uh, you can't be a Natalie attired Ooh, unless that you Natalie have. Natalie girl again. She's back. She's back. Somebody's got to look that up as to why I use that. Yeah. Can you look that up? Can you see what, what meaning Natalie of that word? on the spot? No, hell no. You can barely do what your, your job is on yeah. the spot, for God's sake. I'm talking with advance notice and time off and all that stuff. I'll dedicate an hour to it after this. <laughs> 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 all right, that are it, folks. want to thank you for joining us once again. It's been a blast. I love doing these road trip uh, podcasts. They should all be. Oh yeah, you got a whiskey beside you. Well, and, and no, see, you're making people think right now. Look at that naked man, a naked that? Ukrainian walking back in there. That's why we love that's the road that. podcast. Holy mackerel! That doesn't happen but, at the office. No, that's a bonus at Uncle Mark's elbows uh, cabin. Lova, our, you can pay uh, extra for that director guy. Director of photography just walking by in his towel. He just came out of the shower. It's a handsome package, isn't he? Holy Good smoke. lord! Look at that. Wow. It's a good thing I'm a married man, Volva. Okay? That's all I got to say. <laughs> He's laughing up there. <laughs> That's awesome. Anyways, I was saying, uh, hopefully if everything goes well, we'll be coming to you on the next episode from a snoggy lake yeah. in northwestern Ontario. Uh, the good folks at um, Lodge 88, Dave McLaughlin, Terry, and uh, the rest of them. And we fly in. Uh, we have a wonderful flight uh, with... Um, White River Air? White River Air. Yes, sir. On those. I, lo- I particularly enjoy that. Flight. Oh, my God. Danny's great, too. So, yeah, yeah there's the whole the whole team is fantastic. All right. That are it. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we will catch you next time. I'm Angela Biola. He is... Pete Bowman. Wait, and wait, wait, wait. Just go ahead. Go ahead. Start that again. You uh, are... I am Angela Biola. The incinerator. Thank you. The incinerator from, from now on will be known as the incinerator. The incinerator. Uh, anything short of incineration for me now will yeah. just not work It'll anymore. It'll be poo-poo. It'll exactly. just be poo-poo. Uh, and Dean Taylor on the board. We Come lost uh, Nikki V. He went to bed earlier. And of course, Naked the Vova. lovely... I didn't realize just how lovely he was. Wow. Uh, Vova just walked by. He's got, he's got skin like DOP. silk. He's a silky skinned man. That's right. Beautiful person. Catch you next time, folks. Thank you very much. Bye bye.
do football, hockey players, boxers, and fishing guides have in common? A love for the outdoors. I'm Jamie Pastilli, a fishing guide with a lifetime of experience chasing down some of North America's most sought-after species with some of the world's most interesting characters. On Outdoor Journal Radio's Tackle Box podcast, I'm joined by one of those people, CFL legend Brad Sinopoli, as we share stories and talk to the athletes who found their passion through hunting and fishing. World Heavyweight Champion Tyson Fury, they brought you in to spar this big animal. I had a rod, so I just randomly brought it to Colorado and got me hooked up on some beautiful fish on those big rivers. And it was uh, you know, some of my best memories of you know, my hockey, during my hockey career. So join Jamie and I every week on the Tackle Box for a behind-the-scenes look at some of your favorite athletes and angling personalities. From hits to tangles, passes into angles, the Tackle Box has your sports and angling listening covered. Find the Tackle Box now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Back in 2016, Frank and I had a vision to amass the single largest database of muskie angling education material anywhere in the world. Our dream was to harness the knowledge of this amazing community and share it with passionate anglers just like you. Thus, the Ugly Pike podcast was born and quickly grew to become one of the top fishing podcasts in North America. Step into the world of angling adventures and embrace the thrill of the catch with the Ugly Pike podcast. Join us on our quest to understand what makes us different as anglers and to uncover what it takes to go after the infamous fish of 10,000 casts. The Ugly Pike podcast isn't just about fishing. It's about creating a tight-knit community of passionate anglers who share the same love for the sport. Through laughter, through camaraderie, and an unwavering spirit of adventure, this podcast will bring people together. Subscribe now and never miss a moment of our angling adventures. Tight lines, everyone. Find Ugly Pike now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts.